Joseph Dawson, you are charged with betraying your oath, with consorting with an immortal and falsifying chronicles. How do you plead? <laughs> I don't believe this. You haul my ass all the way to Paris for, for this? In the last three years, we've lost 80 agents. In the 50 years before that, we've lost two. So? So, it's been just three years since you had your first little talk with McLeod. Oh, now you wait a... You should have kept your mouth shut, Joe. Now we have to shut it for you. Fine. You want me out? I'm gone. And you can keep the gold watch. You're not being dismissed for your crimes. It's gone far beyond that. An example must be made. If we decide you are guilty, the penalty is death. Charlie, move your ass. I got an appointment to keep on your knees. <laughs> Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. On your knees. So Joe is a ventriloquist dummy? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I assumed that was what the whole show was. I just assumed he was the Batman villain, the ventriloquist. Ooh. I love that villain. Scarface. That's right. Yeah, Scarface. So this week... We're back in season four. We're going to be talking about season four, episode 21, Judgment Day. This is nearing the end, guys. This is it. Penultimate episode. But before we hop into this week's episode, why don't we talk a little bit about the Highlander catalog? Is this the 1997 Highlander catalog? That's right, guys. This week we are reading from the 1997 10th anniversary Highlander catalog. One of the best. That's right. And you get a free gift with your order. See inside for details. This This is like maybe their biggest catalog, I think. Really? Yeah, they pulled out all the stops. Page count or just in grandioseness? All of it. Yeah. Oh. No, I think page count. This is like a book. It's mm. a little novella. Yeah. And the the paper quality is higher on this catalog than others. Things I've noticed <laughs> when I flip through these things. As you do. All right, guys. You ready? So what we're going to do is I'm going to read an item, a description from an item in the catalog, and I'll show you a picture, Kyle and Eamon, and you're going to try to guess what that might cost. And whoever uh, guesses closest wins my respect for the rest of the episode. Ready? Ugh, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> The immortal battle is in your hands. These killing hands. You all right? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The way this is written, it's uh, the copy goes on two pages, and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to read across the two pages or read one page and then go to the other. Uh, it's a little confusing. The, what's the answer? I think I do one page and then the other, but it's really confusing. <laughs> we'll find out soon. Yeah. Uh, I should Highlander read it. Highlander read watch. <laughs> <laughs> the battle between the immortals has entered a new realm. Now the struggle for Dominion can be fought on the official Highlander chess set. Wow. This, what? this magnificent work is a world-class creation that brings together the Highlander theme 
with one of the world's most cherished games. <laughs> How does it incorporate the Highlander theme? We'll get there. Okay. The set. Comes... I really cherish the game of chess. <laughs> yes. uh, the set comes with 32 fine pewter playing pieces. Pewter playing pieces. Fine pewter playing pieces. Fine pewter playing pieces. Uh, That's only twice. you got to yeah. do it six more Fine pewter playing pieces. Yeah, Peter Piper picked a pack of pewter playing pieces. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These pewter playing pieces that are each finely hand-detailed and come on individual stands that are 24-hour... 24-hour? 24 carat gold-plated or black lacquered black lacquer black lacquer this is a this is a real tongue twister the darkness is 25 black, black lacquer i was gonna say isn't that movie nominated for an academy award this year yeah black lacquer <laughs> spike i was about to say spike jones spike jones <laughs> black lacquered music by fatboy slim uh, hey all right the custom design circular playing board is richly lacquered or lacquer and stands on simulated ivory dragon heads from the sword of duncan mcleod designed oh by the noble collection internationally renowned master craftsman guaranteed to give pleasure for eternity <laughs> oh. characters depicted include duncan mythos richie fitzcairn rebecca dawson callus nefertiti is it nefertiri or nefertiti Nefertiri. I think it's Nefertiri. Well, this is Titi. Ooh. <laughs> All right. The Cloak, what? Xavier, Kenny, Martin Hyde, Felicia, and Horton. Place your order for early 1997 delivery. Wow. Wowzers. And so they don't even show all the pieces on here. They probably weren't designed yet. <laughs> yeah. I guess Kenny is a tiny little boy on here. I guess there's a Duncan. No, that's, that's Duncan. There's a sword. I think that's a sword piece, but that's not mentioned as one of the characters. What's I mean, the cloak? Is that from Shadows? I I, maybe? Or is it just Duncan's coat? coat? Yeah, it's just a coat. <laughs> it's just a jacket. All right, so I'm going to hold this up. Here you go, guys. Again, it's like very incomplete. That is very hard to see. Also, how can you tell which piece is which? Is one of those oh, pieces a dildo? I know. Yes. Doesn't this, That's the sword That's handle. how it gives you pleasure for the <laughs> eternity. Put that in your butt or wherever. That's how you play. Oh, this is an interesting looking piece. It also looks like it's set inside a clock. Oh, yeah. For some reason. Why are there numbers on it? I don't know why that would be. It's like on a stand. That's kind of interesting. And there are two wine glasses, so whoever's playing this is getting a little toasted while they uh, chess it up. That's probably also why they bought this. How much money do we think this is? Boy. Is it like mirrored? Are those like lightning-looking bolts in it, or is that a reflection in the mirroring? Yeah, it's a reflection of lightning outside. When it's <laughs> well, no, like, you know what I mean. Like, no, no, like, I, I think it's supposed to be mirrored. Weird. I don't know, man. Weird. Oh, and there's a guillotine. That classic what? Highlander <laughs> guillotine. Just implying heads are coming off. Don't lose your head. Why did they pick Felicia? There's of no all Con- the characters. No Connor piece or Kurgan piece. Well, I mean, I guess this is for the series. Yeah. But like, all right, let me read these characters again. We've got Duncan, Mythos, Richie. All right, that all makes sense, right? Fitzcairn, I'm on board. Rebecca? Okay. All right. Dawson. Okay. Callus Nefertiti. Not a character from the show. <laughs> it's Nefertiti, I think. The Cloak, Xavier, Kenny, Martin Hyde, Felicia, and Horton. No Amanda. They put Rebecca, Amanda's teacher, not Amanda. That's weird. really weird. Yeah, right? Kenny, two episodes. And also a very, I feel like some people hate that episode. Some people, including some people at this table. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you think you're supposed to, do you think you can tell the pieces apart because you play like uh, good guys versus bad guys? Well, you are supposed to, you're clearly supposed to play good guys versus bad guys. 
<laughs> okay. Good, definitely. <laughs> Clearly. It's yeah, clear. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Is the, is the guillotine a good guy or a bad guy? I My guess is it's a bad guy. Probably a bad guy, right? <laughs> Depends on your perspective, I guess. Yeah. What other characters should be in this? Uh, Xavier's in it. That's good. Darius? Darius would be a great one. Caleb Cole. <laughs> Caleb yeah, Cole. Caleb Cole. <laughs> Slayed the camp. I'm surprised Slan isn't in it just because it's like the first episode. And that's a good visual. I mean, like, he looks different than other characters. Tessa, Anne. (laughs) Anne. Tessa, Anne. The girlfriend collection. That's an add on you can buy. Yeah. Mm. You sub out all the good guy murderers. Murders. 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 Murder, murder. Canis. Oh, yeah, with the dogs? Mm -hmm. The dogs should all just be the pawns. Those bitches are in heat. (laughs) My guess is this product they were selling for an aggressive. $299. $299. $299. All right. Kyle guesses $299 for product $450. Eamon, what is your guess? I'm going to guess $200. $200 for Eamon, $299 for Kyle. Watch it be $249. The actual retail price of the Highlander chess set is $500. What the F? And $95. What? That's $600. Or you guys can make it in five easy payments of $119 each. Five payments. $600. $600. Jesus Christ. So I'm making an earnest plea. If you have this, please write to us. Yeah. But I don't know if anybody has this. No. Who bought this? No one. Oh, that's insane. Can, Six- I see, can I see this up close yes. now? You may now see it up close. $600 for, like, some toys, Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to lie. These pieces don't look that great up close. No, <laughs> the sculpting isn't, I don't know, not too uh, hot. Duncan McCloud, I, I don't say this to be, I do say this to be facetious, but that hilt definitely looks like a uncircumcised penis. <laughs> Uh, like it definitely. doesn't look like his sword. I mean, it looks like a smushed Play-Doh version of his sword. Child Kenny looks ridiculous. Bless the child Kenny. Bless who this is, child Kenny. Who is this woman who's supposed who's like carrying the sword? Is that supposed to be Joan Jet? Maybe I can't tell who a single one of these characters are. Like not a single one. Can you pick out the guillotine? You know. I think that if you had not said it was a guillotine, I'm not sure I would have realized it. <laughs> it, like, it would have taken me a while to see that. What? <laughs> I don't know well, I'm, like, I'm looking at it, and it doesn't like scream guillotine, guillotine to me, frankly. Like, the blade is barely visible. I can't tell who this like cl- cloaked bad guy is. Also, just curious, what's the state of play right now? That these five pieces are on the board in this configuration. <laughs> like, they are clearly not actually playing chess. Right. Also, they're all villains, I assume. Well, so is Duncan that on there? That, I think Duncan's it, on there. I that's, think he, that's, I think Duncan. that's Duncan. That is not Duncan. If that's Duncan, <laughs> I will eat my shirt. All right. If that's Duncan, like, they need to give full refunds to anyone who bought this. For $600. I wonder if the refund comes in five easy payments or six easy payments. That's right. It's 24 karat pewter, gold. It's or, pewter lacquer. They give you a refund pewter lacquered. Wait, why does it say that it's it's either 24 karat gold or lacquered? But there's no price difference, like some of their products. Unknown. Yeah, this woman looks like a secretary holding like an <laughs> umbrella or something. Yeah, it's like, who the fuck is that? This is bizarre. Yeah, why did they choose those pieces? And they show them in not enough detail to make them look cool. Also, that sword looks like hot garbage. <laughs> I heard the new Highlander reboot, uh, Chad Stileski's basing it on this chess game. Just that? Yeah. That checks out. And only these characters right. mentioned are, will be featured in the movie. Yep. Yeah. I took my inspiration from the Highlander catalog chess set. It's cherished. And has provided eternal pleasure or whatever it said. The Noble Collection. Internationally renowned, 
renowned master craftsman. Does it name them? No, like that. It's so weird because it's like a company, and then it says internationally renowned craftsman company. It's a company though. More like crapsman. That's right. Hey oh. Oh. All right. That was the most earnest plea we have ever made. Yeah. If you bought this shit, you need to message us. We want to speak to you. We want to find out if you cherish it, and we want pictures of all of the. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If they were ever made. Millions of pieces. Pieces for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, this might be the most you guys have ever been off. Yeah. On guessing a price because oh, this is wildly overpriced. I, I, I <laughs> made a guess that I thought was overpriced because I was like, surely they overcharged for this. Yeah. Oh, do we think this is the most expensive product offered in the Highlander How catalog? much were the chairs? Oh, they were like 120 bucks a piece, I think. Yeah. But if you got like a full dining room set, we said that was nine hundred dollars. I think yeah. if you got four, if you got six, I if think. you got six, okay. so you could get six chairs for not that much more money than this, than this. one chess set. But can you sit on it? I guess you could, <laughs> not if the pieces are on it, <laughs> <laughs> or just that sword hilt. Yeah, hubba, hubba. Mm, oh yeah, I'll cherish do we think that. The, do we think that piece was the rook? Or was it that must like, have been the rook. Or is that just a pawn? And the no. sword's just pawns. Kenny's got to be the pawn. You got a board with an, ten, an army of, of children. Ten, of ten Kennys? I bet the guillotine was the bad guy pawn mm. and the sword was the good guy pawn. Well, like, can we guess real quick who the pieces are? So Duncan clearly is the king, right? Yes. And who do we think's the king on the other side? Horton? Callus. Callus. That makes sense. I think, yeah. he, I think it's them. All right. Nefertiri is the queen. On his side, because of sexism, and then uh, do we think Rebecca is yeah, the queen? So I Mac do. and Rebecca, not Mac and Amanda. All right, Darius is the bishop. Wait, Darius is enlisted. <laughs> nope, so he can't be the bishop. <laughs> we got Hyde. Who's the knight? Mythos or Richie? Do you think Richie is the pawn? No, Richie v. Kenny. Richie v. Kenny, Dawn of Justice, Pawn no. of Justice, <laughs> Pawn of Justice. <laughs> no, I bet Kenny's the bishop. I bet named characters are all significant pieces. And these generic pieces are the pawns. So it's the sword be... is the pawn and the guillotine is the pawn. Yeah. Interesting. Why did they pick a guillotine? That's very weird. That's like the... St- couldn't and they have picked another symbi- sword? Symbology. They should have just picked like yeah. a Kurgan looking sword. Yeah. Or like... Or a weird axe thing or yeah. something. Body spray? Axe yeah. body spray, yeah. This has been our, also been probably our most in-depth discussion of one of these products. I think it's because we're so flabbergasted. It's quite confusing. <laughs> On to the show. Cherished. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment Day. That's right, Kyle. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 21, Judgment Day. This episode was first aired May 20th, 1996. Now, When that bomb kills Sarah Connor and that, that still gets me. That's it's true. It's so visceral. Oh, yeah. The, when she turns into a skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the playground. I get, I get, does that, like, did who got her quickening when that happened? Does that count as a beheading? The Sorry. S- swing set. The swing set. <laughs> the swing set gets it. That should have been a character on the chessboard. Swing set. Yeah, swing set. <laughs> uh, uh, a fence. The chain link fence. Oh, the beloved Highlander chain link yeah. fence. <laughs> All right. This episode was directed by Gerard Hamlin. This is his first of five Highlander episodes. He also did one episode of The Raven. Probably his easiest one because he didn't have to film that much. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, he only has like six TV shows to his credit on IMDb. And the last thing he did was in 2001. But he also did three episodes of the Conan TV show. Yeah, not, which I didn't know was not a Coco, thing. but. Yeah, not Conan. Team Coco, the right. Barbarian. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing either. No. Yeah. I assume there's no like sex in it. He doesn't. There's no lamentations of the women. No. You know, well, lamentations of the women. 
This episode was written by David Tynan. The last we saw from him was Double Jeopardy. The paradoxically named Double Jeopardy. That's right. This episode has got some guest stars. We got Peter Wingfield. He's back as Mythos. Hey, you know who else is back for the first time in a bajillion years? <laughs> Fucking Joe, man. That's what true. happened to him? He fell off the earth. <laughs> You know who isn't in this episode, though? No. Richie. No, Richie. This is, I believe, the seventh episode in a row. He has not made an appearance. He's in the credits, though, for some reason. He's Yeah, he is in the credits yeah. still. Credits only. This episode also guest stars Jesse Joe Walsh, Walsh as Jack Shapiro. This guy was also in Double Team with Dennis Rodman and JCVD. Oh, my. He was uh, Jack Sick. But he was also in the movie JCVD nice. as Agent JCVD. That's what? what IMDb says. Have you seen that movie? I have not seen that movie. I love that movie. Oh. It was actually the first movie I ever streamed off of Netflix. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. This is like back in college. It rules. Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a washed-up Belgian action hero who's going through some real personal turmoil. So it's a documentary. Named named Jean-Claude Van Damme. And uh, he's in a post office while it gets robbed. And everyone thinks he's the robber because, like, his life has become such, like, a public dumpster fire. And it was brilliant. It was really good. It was really self-aware. JCVD crushes it. It's, like, half in English, half in, like, French because it's set in Belgium. See it. It blew my expectations out of the water. Wow. Nice. I think I have that on JC DVD at home. <laughs> so I can watch it. You should. It's worth, it's worth the time. If, actually, the opening sequence has a higher budget than I thought the whole movie would have. So it's nice. Nice. This episode also guest stars Graham McTavish as Charlie. This guy's been in a tons. He was in the show Red Dwarf, Ali G in the House, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, colon, The Crater of Life, Prison Break, uh, he voiced Sebastian Shaw in the Wolverine and the X-Men TV show cartoon. Yeah, about that? He was in 24, and he played Dwaylon in The Hobbit movies. Oh, that's an important role. Yeah. But more recently, he's Dougal in Outlander. Dougal. So I think that's where people might recognize him from. He's huh? also King Atlan in the new Aquaman movie. Aquaman. Oh. oh, I didn't know that. He's a, this, this guy's had a pretty big career. Yeah, yeah he is. He's a big shot. Big shot. Didn't you? This episode also gets stars Steven Steven Tremblay as Jacob Gelati. This is one of only six IMDb credits for this guy. One of those was the dub voice in the anime Crying Freeman. Oh, yeah. He plays Yo. All I know is, like, this guy's cheeks look like somebody, like, carved (laughs) them out a little bit. This guy's, like, the most aggressive cheekbones I have ever seen. It's like like somebody sucked his his actual, like, the flesh on his cheeks in to make it stand out more. They got melon balled out. Yeah. (laughs) It's serious. Like, I find this man alarming looking. All right. You guys ready for the IMDb episode description? Yo, yo. Watcher Jack Shapiro tricks Joe into coming to Paris to face a Watcher trial in which he is tried for revealing the Watcher's existence to Duncan. Duncan tracks Joe down, complicating Joe's situation even though he is trying to help. Meanwhile, immortal Jacob Gelati, Gelato, <laughs> Jacob Gelato is tracking is down the, the one, killing Watchers. Is Gelati the one that's or like, and killing Watchers? Huh? That's like water ice followed by like uh, soft serve ice cream and then another layer of water ice, so on and so forth. I think is that Gelati. So. Yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> Gelati. What are ice jokes? Which actually, for those not in Philadelphia, Italian ice jokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's like an American thing. Gelati is like ice cream and water ice together. That's yeah, like not like... layer. Yeah. What's the other thing called? Gelato. Yeah. Which is like basically just ice cream with a different ratio of... Yeah. Got it. It's like Eggs Italian ice cream. I always get those confused because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Checks out. How's this episode open? It opens at Joe's. With Joe sitting in a black room playing guitar. A black room? 
a dark room. Yeah. But not a photography studio. Well, this He's is probably because it's photos. not actually on the set. Right. It was just in a chateau somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That they they could cover the blinds in. Yeah. yeah. So Joe so gets a phone get call. Get used to this shit because this episode is dark. Yeah. Now it's, it's it's always so dark that sometimes they have to like adjust the film grain and it's infuriating. Oh wow. So what happens? He gets a call from Jack, another uh, blandly named character. <laughs> And he gets some possibly alarming news about Duncan McLeod. I would say it's alarming. Sounds like Mac is dead. Oh, so he rushes off to Paris. Sometimes he goes straight to the barge. I don't know why you wouldn't go to Watcher HQ or something. When you think like, the guy's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Is yep. he going to snoop around? He's going to promise you his shit? He wants to yeah. steal the barge. <laughs> yeah. I wanted this shit for years. So he gets out of a cab, and the cab driver's like, Monsieur, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> Monsieur. Monsieur. And Joe's like, I'm fine. It's okay. And then he pulls out a tape recorder. Right. And he's like giving the last recording about McLeod, yeah. apparently. Closing he's, out he's, the report. He's actually working for a fucking change. Yeah. <laughs> what has Joe been doing this whole time? What's he been doing? Dicking yeah. around on his guitar. But like, in, what is even this report about? Like, does he even know who killed him? Or like, right. he's just How like, know final anything? report on Duncan McLeod. How it's like, he, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> how would he know anything? He's been in Vancouver the whole time. Like, what has he been doing? Well, this also is confusing. Like, how do the watchers work? Like, I, I feel like it makes sense that they would be regional. It's like, well, when Duncan leaves, Joe's not his watcher anymore. You Why like, would you move with him? Yeah, right. I mean, I guess the idea is that you would be, like, intimately involved, like, knowing his shit. It's just saying it's more like a zone defense than, like, a man-to-man. Yeah, it's man-to-man versus zone. <laughs> like... But yeah, Joe doesn't do anything. Yeah. He's been gone for months. It's, it's like, oh, that would be news to me, because how would I know? I'm not doing my job. But who do we see jogging towards Joe, but one, Duncan McLeod, not right. dead. Full sweatpants. And Joe is like, oh, what a pleasant surprise. <laughs> uh, and then he gets an unpleasant surprise as a car full of goons rolls up behind him. They fucking beat the shit yeah. out of him. Yeah, they like club him in the back. They club this crippled man. And then they hit him in the head with a bat. Yeah. <laughs> and and Max is like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then we get some car surf in usa yeah but does not go as well as what was it revenge of the sword yeah where, he where like mac is surfs like that shit back flipping off the car yeah. he gets and just, this just like falls off like onto his knees yeah. and it looks really painful yeah surfing usa so that's our cold open <laughs> yeah so something is afoot that's right so we cut to later that night and it's it's the, a the, foggy the smoke evening. machines on full blast yeah yeah it's like so foggy it's like what is happening right now is the barge on fire it's like that movie geostorm no. <laughs> oh yeah go on tell me more i don't know just extreme weather oh, okay <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I didn't see that movie <laughs> duncan gets the buzz mm-hmm. and he goes off and greets <gasps> mythos right it's like a shadowy figure and it's like what the fuck is this like this was weird they explain it away saying like mythos is like there's security everywhere so i couldn't come to the barge but to me this feels like we want to build some suspense into this so let's hide yeah. who mythos is like but it was just confusing. Yeah. It's shot kind of cool. It's, it it's looks, very cool. It is shot pretty well. Yeah. Bear, he didn't actually attack Mythos. He's going to attack the audience with some exposition. Yeah. Because he wants to guilt Mythos into helping him figure out what happened to Joe. And he's like, oh, but you're actually Joe, you're actually Mythos, the oldest immortal right. masquerading as a watcher. Right. And you owe Joe Dawson for helping you and concealing your secret. Isn't that an accurate recap of what's happened for the last season and a half? And Mythos is like, duh. <laughs> it's like, it's uh. A lot of information. But I don't mind it. It's okay. No, I, I mean, guess shows you, do this. I guess you have to do it, but it was all in one sentence. It was. Oh, yeah. It's just like, wow, all right. Really got it out there. But yeah, Mythos is like reluctantly 
like, okay, I'll help, even though people will start asking questions about me if right. I stick my nose into it too And much. also, again, how the watchers work, because Mac even seems confused. Mac is like, why was Joe even in Paris? And it's like, because he's your fucking watcher. Like, But somehow that doesn't jive with what Mac thinks right. should be happening. He's done this dance before. Joe has come to Paris when he's come to Paris. They met in Paris, didn't they? Oh, and then in the vampire episode. Or no. Well, that's not what they initially met. That no, is no. not what they initially met. But he comes right. to Paris right after. Joe's hanging out in Paris. Yeah. For sure. Nonsense. It was just shaking his Doesn't head. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Watcher HQ and we get a little uh, Joe Bird Box style. <laughs> yeah. Joe is oh, reenacting Bird Box. Yeah. yeah. He's taking the Bird Box challenge. It's when you fight off kidnappers while blindfolded. Yeah. So let's talk about this room Joe's being brought into. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's like a playroom. I was so confused what this is about. It's never or explained. A Victorian ghost child. Yeah. What? It is never explained why this room is decorated this way. So no. there are dolls everywhere. There are, like, toy soldiers painted on the walls. There's, like, a dollhouse, like, little tea set, stuffed animals. Yeah. It's creepy. It's weird. It's just weird. It makes no yeah. sense. The only thing I can figure is, I mean, it still doesn't make sense, like, because they obviously made a conscious they decision. they this? I thought, like, maybe they found it. On the special features, they talked about, like, how they decorated this room. Like, they had a, a vision for this room to make it, like, a kid's room, because they thought it would be interesting looking. That's really weird. But I don't know. It it's, doesn't really make any sense. Interesting is one word for sure. it. <laughs> the, the thing that I'm interested in is why do the watchers maintain and decorate a room like this that they then also have security cameras and microphones in? Well, so that's my guess is that because the watchers just moved in. So I think they just bought um, like a weird mansion place that was fully furnished. <laughs> right. And yeah. that was like this was left over. And either the parents of a rich child had security cameras for the rich child or they put up security cameras but didn't bother to take away the toys none of it yeah. makes sense it's very strange yeah but like, i kept on waiting like for a second because i didn't remember this that clearly and i was like is there some sadistic child who's behind this whole scheme in some way of course not because that would be dumb too yeah. but like that would explain this strong choice why do the watchers need a mansion by the way why don't they just have like an office building Good right? Question. Just like, rent some fucking office yeah. space. Well, because they're like torturing people and holding like <laughs> secret tribunals. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm convinced. Yeah. So uh, we don't, we still, we still as the audience don't know what's going on. Right. And neither does Joe, really. Right. So. He's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> what's going on? What's going on? Blindfolds are the arch enemy of the watcher. That's true. Because mm -hmm. that's what they do. They watch and that's right. they can't watch anymore. They watch while they're blindfolded. That's like the source of all their power. All right. They're not called the listeners. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we cut back to the barge. Mac isn't there. And there's a young dude on a motorcycle that's like trying to break in. It's back, baby. And so It's been over a year, <laughs> but it's back. The Canadian tuxedo rides Ooh. again. Also, I guess Mac, for some reason, decided to lock his door this time. Yeah. For once, for once Or ever. maybe this guy's an idiot, and he's like, oh, I got to break in. He can just turn the knob. He doesn't even know. Doesn't even know. But, but we don't know what his deal is. Yeah. We don't know why he's breaking in. I initially thought this guy's a watcher. I'm like, oh, is this yeah. dude a watcher? But then there seems to be another watcher watching this guy. Who watches the watchers? Oh, that's true. Indeed. So, yeah, another man is obviously watching him, and then tuxedo man notices him and he turns around and pretends to smoke a cigarette right or i guess he actually does smoke a cigarette sure yeah, I guess. <laughs> he's not maybe, like maybe mime, he he's not miming <laughs> lighting a cigarette he actually lights one uh so then we cut to mac Amethos in a park feeding pigeons that's right and pretending that they're not having a conversation yeah and very obviously yeah. having a conversation <laughs> mythos says there's a rumor that joe's gonna be put on trial uh-oh bum 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 treason dun, dun, dun. And he's like, Mac, your phones might be tapped. I'm like, how do they 
tap his phone. How does a phone work on a barge? Does he actually have a phone cable? He does have a phone. I mean, he has a phone. Right, but is yeah. it like a old-timey wireless phone? Yeah, it is or? like an old-timey wireless phone, right? Yeah. On Maybe the barge? Or does he have a phone line? I figured he had a phone line. This is the stuff we got to yeah. We got to see this more closely, yeah. <laughs> right in, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of phone does Mac have on the barge? That's right. So we now cut to former Watchers headquarters for mm-hmm. Western Europe, it says. With, like, weird Dutch shots. Yeah, yeah they are really skewed. This episode is, like, 60% Dutch shots. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Uh, and I if was it's like, not this... a Dutch shot, it's in pitch black. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is this Vimas's place? I think this is the Vimas headquarters. Yeah. The house that Vimas built. <laughs> v for Vimas. V for Vimas. V for Vimeta. Uh, no, so there's right. a sign that says this property has been sold in mm-hmm. French. Yeah. Uh, and Mac pulls up and gets the buzz, and, and he some mysterious figure, the motorcycle zoom, man, zooms away. Yeah, on a motorcycle. So we're still not sure who this is supposed to be. And there's a Century Twenty One sign <laughs> at the chateau. <laughs> Mac finds the real estate agent who's there. This for... is like a waste of time. Yeah, <laughs> like there's a whole scene devoted to Mac talking about real estate, and she's like, "I can't help you. I couldn't help the other guy." I don't understand why this person's there. Mac gives, yeah, there's no reason that they're there. And she's even like, somebody should really take that down that sign. It's like, you, you you should take that down down (laughs) that sign. That's your job. And you're all right. What are you doing? You're literally here. Also, Mac gets no meaningful information from her. She's like, well, it was owned by a holding company. They didn't buy a new one in Paris because I would have heard about it. So she literally gives him no information, but Mac somehow figures it out and we have no idea. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. How does he get there? Yeah, like she literally gives him nothing. And Mac somehow is able to deduce where the new Watcher location is. I mean, this could have just been a two-second conversation with Mythos that who, yeah. the new as, Watcher headquarters is blah, blah, blah. Which, as it turns out, Mac goes there, and the first thing he does <laughs> is bump into Mythos, right. who independently knew this information, because of course he did. Yeah. So this is a bizarre waste of time. I have in my notes that this is like acting in a bad porno. Like, <laughs> hey, like, what's up with the house? Oh, the house is sold. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> is there it's anything like all ADR, can, too. Is there anything you can do? Oh, let's find out. I yeah. don't know. I have an open house starting any minute. <laughs> in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm expecting multiples. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> um, so now we cut to the new Watcher headquarters in Lyon. We get all those Dutch angles. Joe's playing with a squirt gun. <laughs> yeah, we've got a little tiny super soaker. So they just lead him out into a grainy basement. So hang on. Hey, it's Ken and Barbie. <laughs> oh, he says Ken and Barbie. What did you think he said? I wrote down. <laughs> was, I, actually, I actually think that the Hulu uh, close captioning may have messed this up. He said it's, I wrote down it's Ted and Barney. Hey, it's Ted and Barney. <laughs> and I was, like, and Barney. I was like, well, that's like a very specific reference to something. Let me see if I can find it. And unfortunately... References to How I Met Your Mother are all that comes up when you search the words Ted and Barney. So I was like, oh, are they referencing something that I'm not going to be able to figure out now? But well, Fred Ken and, and Bar- Barney would have made sense. Fred and Barney would have oh, made yeah. sense. Maybe that's what it was. But yeah, Ken and Bar- Barbie. Ken and Barbie. That makes so much Ken more sense because right? he's in this stupid... It's 2019, guys. Ken and Barney. That's right. Caveman and <laughs> doll. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. So they lead him out and we go down to this like fucking basement they've got, like a torture dungeon. With the grainiest footage we've seen yet on this so show. So grainy. It's pitch black. Why they like they've got papers to read. Turn right. the lights on. They've got all these files. You're gonna give yourself some eye strain. <laughs> I kinda yeah. liked it, guys. I'm and none gonna, of these people are spring why. chickens. No, it's <laughs> like, a bunch of old white people. You liked this how this looked? I did. What I kinda thought. Yeah. Why? I thought it was cool. I thought it was neat that it was so moody and black. 
I thought it looked like they screwed up. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Also, everything is so close and claustrophobic. And seriously, 30 to 40% of the episode is basically (laughs) shot like this. So it looks so samey. Wow. It was not just two minutes of this. I was not in it. No, you're right. There is a lot of just guys sitting at a desk talking. Talking in a boardroom. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Not even, uh, excuse me, a board dungeon. A board dungeon, <laughs> yeah. But this is Jack who called on the phone. Right. And he's like, he's, damn it, Jack, you're my friend. And he's like got like a weird gangstery vibe to him. Oh, yeah. and that he amps that up in the next episode even more. Yeah. Like, this guy's like a mob boss. It's just insane. You trashed your oath. <laughs> you trashed it. You fired it. <laughs> you fucking trashed your oath. And I was like, you trashed your oath. Also, no one actually says what the oath is, right? Nope. Well, I think the oath is to watch and record and never interfere. Are those the words of the oath? I was just curious. When you reference an oath that much, I expect the oath to be stated verbatim. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> verbatim. No, like, I solemnly swear I'm up to no good or whatever the fuck it is. Like, <laughs> I expect them to say it. Interesting. And they never do. Because, like, how else do you know for a fact you're violating it? Well, I think it's I think it's pretty clear. I mean, we know Joe's not supposed to interfere, and he has. So right. I think it makes sense. Sure. I'm not like la- I'm, like missing that. I mean, we all know that it's against the law to burn things down, but you don't know whether you've committed arson unless you read the arson statute. Like that's true. You know. So we get some interesting info here. So Jack says in the past three years they've lost eighty agents. Which, which I said, what? <laughs> that's eighty. Which, which I guess makes more sense when you see what's happening with gelato. Yeah. Yeah. That we'll meet soon. <laughs> eighty agents. That's 80. a lot of people. I've never thought the Watchers were that big of an organization that they could lose 80 people. Well, I guess if everybody like has their crisis. own Watcher. Yeah, yeah. right. A crisis. Well, it is a crisis. Yeah, but like they waited an awful long time. Sure. I feel like after you've lost 10. Sure. Like, oh, no, that's, like, that's a good point. They didn't notice. Okay, they just like, a lot. Oh, yeah, what happened there? And in the previous like 50 years, they only lost two. Right. Like, so it took 80 agents for them to realize this was a problem. <laughs> problem. You think on Uh-oh. number two, you'd be like, oh, shit. Right. Yeah. Also, how many of those were the hunters? Because Mac wasted some of them. Oh, that's true. And yeah, do you think they knew they were hunters, all the people Mac killed? Or no? They must have known. They knew what Horton was up to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, is that, I guess is that part counts. of the 80? They kind of gloss over that kind of stuff in this episode. Uh, They gloss over every meaningful piece of communication that you can do with anyone. (laughs) Uh, In classic Highlander fashion, Mm -hmm. Uh, they just uh, don't communicate critical information (laughs) to anyone at any point. So Joe's like, I'm going to quit. Fine. And and you can keep the gold watch. Right. (laughs) They don't sell that in the catalog. Or do they? The Watcher's gold watch? Yeah. (laughs) Gold watch. I mean, it writes itself. (laughs) Gold that, watcher. That, there's two pages of copy right there. Yeah. But then we get the fucking, like, Jack's muscle man. So this is much is more serious than the whole time. Joe realizes. Yes. Like, he's not just being fired. They are going to try him, and if he's found guilty, ex- or no, they're just going to execute him. Yeah, it's just going to be yeah, an extrajudicial it's just gonna killing. Be, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Which, what are the bylaws? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also, like, how are they allowed to execute someone? They're not. I mean, they're a weird, shadowy organization. Yeah. I guess they can do whatever they want. I mean, you're yeah, not allowed yes. to spy on people either, but they <laughs> do that. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they witness murders on a regular basis and don't report it to the police. Yeah. All right, so we cut outside, Max sneaking around with a lot of, like, hardcore sneaking around music, a lot of, like, hi-hats. Nothing says sneaking around like hi-hat. That's true. But it's broad daylight, and he's just, like, ducking behind trees. And then he gets the buzz. And he and Mythos are pretty jumpy. Also, why does Mythos bring his sword to this? Because all I'm saying is Adam Pearson has a legitimate reason to be there. Right. Not with the sword, though. Nope. That's weird. That is weird. Because then if, like, they search him or whatever... 
Because he's not kind of supposed to be there either. Like, no one's supposed to know about this tribunal. Like, he's only heard about it through rumors. So right. it would make sense that they'd be like, wait, what's your deal? Like, Though he knows the headquarters is there. Yeah. And that that's where, like, all the good library goods are. Yeah. But this doesn't make sense either because Charlie says an example must be made. But this but is all a secret. secret. <laughs> you can't make an example of something that's a secret. I guess they'd announce it after, like, in the Watcher guess, newsletter. Yeah. It'd be yeah. like, there was an execution <laughs> this month. That's big news. Yeah. Also, we, we christened the new headquarters with a with a, with a fucking with a firing shot. Yeah. <laughs> Solve this watcher jumble to find out what watcher was executed. <laughs> also, I don't know that much about the watcher organization. Clearly. I don't think the writers did either. <laughs> <laughs> like clearly, but I'm gonna go ahead and say that there would be a staffing crisis after the watchers revealed that they had murdered one of their own members. Right. I'm gonna go ahead and say that like junior watcher number six might go. You know what? Maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. Maybe I'm out. Yeah. I'm going back to like the library. And 80, 80 of my comrades have already been murdered. Yeah, this is a bad line of work. And now my own organization is knocking us off. I'm out. Yeah, bye. <laughs> so Mythos seems to, have, I guess, have a plan to get in. And I have all sorts of questions about this. So later that night... No, his plan, I think, is just to be a distraction. Well, that's the plan to get in. But I'm just like, huh? Like, first, back up. Where the fuck are Mac and Mythos sneaking around in? Because they're like, we have to sneak in. And I'm like, it looks like you're already in. Like, the trees they're with, like, are right next to the building. They're, like, right next to the gate. That's the gate? It looks like a house they're next to. It's got, like, windows on it. I think there's, well, like, that is a the gate building. In they between. are in front of the house, but, like, I think there's another gate before you get to the door. What? Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. why Mac needs to, know. like, climb up the roof. I think it's weird, but, like... Because it felt like they were already inside. It did a little bit. And then they were I think gone. I think they've clearly already passed through, like, one barrier to get there. All right. You're not wrong. That's, they, why, they, they, that's got, why they they've need these big mansions. Pretty, they, they've gotten pretty darn close to where they're trying to go before we see them. So Mythos pulls up to the security gate, and as you said, he's, I guess, acting as a distraction for Mac to climb over the wall. I feel like Mac could climb over the wall without a distraction. This place is huge. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, when he pulled up, I was like, oh, Mac must be hiding in the trunk or the back seat. Because, like, that seems like the plan. Why, like, why was Mithos' first thing, like, I'll be a distraction rather than just drive you in? Well, I guess he didn't really think he could get in. Yeah. Which is weird, one. And two, he comes up with the lamest reason he needs to be in there in the middle of the night. Right. Oh, I I need some books. If Mithos gets away and it's your fault... It'll all be up to you. And then he's like, ah, the Mythos Chronicle has been around for 5,000 years. Another week won't kill you. But won't this just, like, arouse suspicion? Yeah. Like, oh, this guy randomly came up to the gate when we're on lockdown. This is unusual. <laughs> sure is. So we got back Guys, inside the playroom. I'm beginning to have doubts about this episode. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and uh... We're not even at my least favorite part yet. So. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Bloody bureaucrat. <laughs> uh, so we cut inside to the weird playroom, and they bring Joe, like, a plate of food. The which, most pathetic last meal ever. It's like four leaves of lettuce, An a ice, slice of beef on, some, like, a hospital tray. And sour cream? Uh, it looks like a, half a gallon of ranch dressing yeah, like, on the why? side. There's, like, barely any food and literally cups of dressing on the side. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a soup. I don't know about this sour cream. I need to watch my cholesterol. And he doesn't eat. And he's reading Mary Poppins. That's right. The Poppins. So then Mac busts up in the house. Karate Which is style. very easy. Also, we are going to come to learn that this place is basically porous. You can, like, <laughs> yeah. you, Mac can walk in and out as he pleases. Yeah. So this is kind of a funny scene because like this doesn't even phase Joe. Because Mac's like, come on, Joe. It's time to go. Like He's like, we'll, we'll tie some sheets together and climb out the window. And just like, there's cameras. 
whatever. And like, Max, and Max like, like, oh. oh. Which is funny because we're always laughing. We often point out, like, how are there no security cameras during whatever they're doing? And, of course, there finally are. And then we, we get some southern accents. Yeah, can we talk about those? Talk about them, Eamon. It was nice of you to come by, though. <laughs> don't mention it. What, what is this routine? <laughs> I don't know. It's AP doing a cowboy thing. This was great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Favorite part of the episode. Oh, boy. We now cut back downstairs to the torture dungeon. Jack's frustrated with this whole mess, and Mac is there, too. They brought him down, and Jack is like, this is proof of how dangerous, like, your behavior has been, because here's Mac and Mac. Jack. Mac and Jack. Hey, look, it's stuck in McCloud. It's stuck in McCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the last time Mac was in Watcher headquarters. Yeah. <laughs> so then Jack starts just naming people. Like, all these people were killed by immortals, and this is your fault, Mac. And Mac's like, you can't try Joe for, like, crimes he didn't commit. Like, he didn't kill those people, but you seem to be holding him responsible. Yeah. Now, Kyle, I have a question. As a lawyer, you're a lawyer, not me. Yeah, well, I should note, the Watchers are not following um, laws. (laughs) I I was curious, like, the the notion that he's like, you can't try people for crimes that other people committed. What responsibility, legally speaking, does Joe have, like, if he gave away information that led to somebody's death? Like, well, people get busted on conspiracy to commit X, Y, and Z. But there's no conspiracy here. Like, Joe wasn't telling somebody information so they would kill somebody. In furtherance of that, probably not. Yeah. But you could see how, if that came out, you might uh, get yourself roped Mm. into it. Also, insofar as there were rules against blabbing (laughs) in this situation, like, you'd probably need to look to what the uh, punishments were for those in the first instance. Which I imagine they would be quite severe in their own right, even had they not led to people's deaths. I'm surprised so. the catalog never sold a uh, Watcher's Handbook. A, watch, cool. a Watcher's Bylaws? Yeah, like a little a little tiny book for like 12 bucks. That would have yeah. been cool. Yeah, then the writers of this episode could have referred to it, so it uh, <laughs> made sense. <laughs> so, like, the gist of it is because Joe revealed himself to Duncan, which isn't actually what happened, like... Duncan then told other immortals about the Watchers, and that's how the Watchers were killed, because right. Mac blabbed, and then the secret got out. Right, because it's like, oh, well, you can trust Mac, and it's like, well, what about everybody he told and everybody they told? Like, And it's like, oh, no, see how this is bad news. So we get a flashback, because Mac Do is like, now? oh, boy, because <laughs> Mac is like, Joe didn't tell me, like, he was for This was all a situation that was for So we flash back to season two. The Watchers. Episode one. That's right. And so we get the scene at the bookstore. We get a little VO from Mac explaining kind of what's happening. This is the scene where Mac's showing him the chronicle that he found at Darius's. And they play like the whole fucking scene. Yeah, I'm sorry. My eye's getting glassy. I hope they don't do this six more times. (laughs) Okay, so I hope hope that we don't... I hope this doesn't turn into a clip show. Oh, boy. So I hope that... There, there, there isn't 12 minutes or so of Jesus. reused footage in this. Because if that happened, I might be really upset about this episode. <laughs> well, in my notes, I have every time there's a flashback, I ask, do you guys mind this flashback? Do you guys still mind these flashbacks? So I guess the answer is yes, you do. Yes. Uh, do I mind it every single time? Abso-fucking-lutely. <laughs> oh every single wow. time. There are too many. There are <laughs> so many wow and there there's nothing new it doesn't change my understanding of any of this stuff it's not even like it enhances my understanding of what joe did all right i'm gonna say i kind of don't mind these flashbacks i feel like in the in the premise of this episode it makes sense to show these little bits uh in the premise of you want to have a really inexpensive episode shot, (laughs) shot in one location filled with flashbacks in that premise i agree it's a smashing success but 
like I don't know. It was just boring. All right, and wow. it showed like a lot of unexciting parts of episodes too. Like it showed a lot of parts of episodes that were just exposition. Yeah, just explaining and, like, things. I never needed to see Killian again. We're gonna get some of that. <laughs> I get seventy years. You'll do seventy years. We see Darius's death again. For the eighth oh, time. I love it. I love yeah. seeing that scream. Darius. <laughs> Darius. <laughs> so that's our second flashback we get, yeah. which is to the Hunters, which is season one, episode 22, I guess. Then fucking Jack says what Horton did is irrelevant. Which is so dumb. That is the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. <laughs> How? Like, And then he's like, the bottom line is you betrayed us, Joe. What about Horton? Horton is the reason for all of this. As yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He would not have done, Mac would not have been pressing on any of this if it were not for Horton. And also, by the way, Mac would have justifiably kicked Joe's teeth in. <laughs> That's right. If, like, he thought that all these guys were with Horton, right. which is his only knowledge of the Watchers at that point. Because at this point, Mac very well could have just become Jacob. Yeah, just taking all if, these guys Without down. Joe interfering to be like, oh, this isn't really what it is. Mac after would have gone on a fucking murder spree. After they killed Darius, like, his oldest friend. Right. <laughs> His mentor. So this whole thing is dumb. Well, but I mean, I would agree that Joe telling Mac about the Watchers was forced and is probably a good thing. However, I feel like if I was Jack, I'd be like, fine, I give you that. On to now all the other times you fucking interfered that didn't right. have anything to do with you just revealing our secret. Right. There's an interesting debate here about was Joe doing, you know, not the thing that the Watchers demanded, but doing the quote unquote right thing. Right. By essentially diming out a bunch of evil, evil immortals so that Matt could take them off the board, which is fundamentally the what he does, right? And that's the next flashback we get is the Killian one. Yeah, we get a Killian where he. One. If, if people listeners don't remember, that's the Spider Man episode where yeah. Matt gets locked in a bunker and Joe and Amanda come to save him so. into the Colonel verse. <laughs> <laughs> not as not as that's also the episode that has not as beautiful as this, this. <laughs> it's a handful of spider <laughs> that is one of the worst episodes ever yes. uh and we get a very lengthy flashback to that and then we get a very confusing flashback to turnabout where they're also talking about how mac helped him stop quentin barnes but right. they very much so talk about it as though quentin barnes is not max friend michael moore well joe doesn't know no one's seen quentin barnes before no i mean in the tribunal mac knows and oh, Mac's right. like and nobody ever brings that up he's like no, he's like and mac helped me stop or joe helped me stop quentin barnes i'm like you mean your best friend yeah. michael moore <laughs> well in like the colonel they're saying joe interfered because he was max friend right Okay. <laughs> like That's true. I mean it is yeah. true. I mean like if Joe should have let Mac just be in the bunker. That I was guess. it. Yeah. Check on him once a month or something. I guess that's what they wanted him to do. Yeah. I mean that would have been observing and recording and not interfering. Right. So we do get a scene where Mac fucking flips out and he grabs a gun. That's insane. <laughs> and he shoves and, it in Jack's face. And they do not react to this afterwards. They don't like go like, Okay, so now you need to go, sir. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, they it just, just fizzles out. Then they're like, all right, McLeod, all right. All right, you can diffuse this situation to another flashback to Nicholas Ward jizzing. Right. Well, that's because, yeah, this is all prompted by Mac 
with the gun being like, well, he did things that had to be done. Like, would the world be a better place if people like Nicholas Ward or fucking Barnes were out killing? And how many people would you see die before Joe was sh- should have done something? So then we get a flashback to Nicholas Ward strangling that guy with a telephone <laughs> right, cord yeah. and basically having a seizure. I love that. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so we get more of that for reasons. And Joe makes an interesting point. He's like, uh, the rule book looks a little different out on the street than it does in here. Yeah, that's right. He makes a great point that he immediately abandons and allows them to disregard (laughs) because then he's like, oh, well, you should have like a jury of Joe's peers. Yes. And then two insane things happen back to back. One is like, only if you go on trial with with him, him, which is bananas, Yeah, which is an insane thing. And it's, they're breaking their own er oath, earth. They're They're interfering. Right away. They're like, oh, let's uh, try you for breaking your oath while we break our oath. Yeah. While also, it just seems like it's a plan to kill Duncan, right? right? Yes. To get him to consent to them murdering him. Well, that's what Duncan throws that at them. He's like, this isn't a trial. Like, you're just looking for an excuse to murder. And you've dressed it all up as this tribunal. And it's, that's not what it's about. You just want to kill, like, you're out for blood. Yeah. And then, of course, they prove that by coming up with a scheme to kill Duncan. Right. Which, for some reason, he agrees to, sort of, because he's an idiot. And then, like, there's another scene in between, but just a. To, to tease this, they constitute the jury of Joe's peers, which are not, not peers. peers. No, yeah. like, they constitute it. They put this tribunal together with a bunch of other jacks, yep. essentially, yeah. from Mortal Kombat uh, <laughs> jacks. And not with the premise that Mac presented yeah. of you the want people, people, people on the, the streets, streets who are making, <laughs> these decisions. <laughs> making these decisions. Yeah, no, it's really fucked. But get with, let's talk about that scene that happens in between. Because yes, please. Okay. We cut right away to back to the kids' room. What's Mac doing with a little bear? Play with a teddy bear. I'm not your enemy. Your presence here only proves how dangerous it is for murderers to know we exist. And then he punches a bear yeah, and in, throws it. <laughs> this was insane. Yeah, this whole thing is bonkers. <laughs> I was just so glad to be out of that dark room and in new footage that I was I was a little relieved. But ugh. So Mac is like, I'm sick of all this. So he rips the cameras down, which prompts the security guards to come in with fucking Uzis. Yeah. Like, There's no privacy here or whatever. And that's it. Another start to a porno. I'm guessing. Yep. All right. So now we get a cut to, I don't know, Paris City um, Streets. Um, I don't know where we are. Yeah. Right. And that young guy that we saw breaking in, trying to break into Max Barge. We don't know who he is yet. Uh, he's like maybe waiting outside a bar. Who he's knows still wearing what? that denim. He's still wearing that Canadian tuxedo. Absolutely. though. He has not changed. Mm-mm. It um, smells. This watcher comes out and they're talking and he's like, oh, I'm a watcher just like you. And he shows him this guy, Jacob, we later find out, has his own watcher tattoo that's fake. And he's like, oh, my name's Jacob, whatever his name is, Gelato. David Shapiro. And And the other one's David Shapiro, son of Jack Jack Shapiro. Shapiro. Do we know Jack's last name is Shapiro by this point? I forget. I don't remember. Mm. I don't either. I I think it's a reveal. Yeah. That this guy's his son. Oh, that's funny. There's an immortal named Jacob Gilatini. Galati. There is, and he just killed you. And I groaned. (laughs) And I was like, ugh. But he stabs the shit out of him in the fucking gut. Yeah. With Brutal. a switchblad. Yeah. So there we go. So now we know he's up to no good. We also know he's not a watcher for real. So now we cut back to this jury trial. Right. Where uh, we get every, the regional managers, the Dunder Mifflin regional managers. <laughs> Which I guess they flew them in. Yeah, overnight. overnight. And so also, here, check this out. So there are regional coordinators, they say, from South America. Or South, South Africa. A- South Africa. Why does South Africa have one? Like, mm-hmm. there's Europe. There's... Asia. Yeah. Australia. There's, there's no mention of North America. South America. And yeah. Then, and no then North I was America. like, but is that because Joe is that person? Maybe. Because we've wondered that before. Because people seem to report to Joe. 
But then, like, back to the point you just made, where are the peers? <laughs> well, then, are the if Joe is the regional coordinator for North America, these are his peers. But that would also imply Joe's not a guy on the streets. Yeah, that's confusing. So I don't know. Is he on the streets or in the sheets? sheets. Always in the sheets. <laughs> but he seems like very impressed that all these people are here because he does, in fact, say, wow, South America. <laughs> 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 like, that's some, like, magical place that they came from. Double rainbows. <laughs> they called in all the shots, which is, like, just a few extra folding chairs in this, <laughs> like, dungeon. So they kind of... Drop some of the evidence that we already know that Joe's revealed the watchers, but he's like, oh, he's committed the worst crime of all, falsifying watcher reports. It's like, that is pretty fucked up. The uh, chronicles that will leave lies in the record. Right. All so, to cover up his own agenda. Now they bring up more flashbacks, this time to Thorne. Right. Because they said, Joe wrote in the chronicle that Mac killed Thorne over an old grudge, which is kind of true. But, but leaves out that he had murdered his girlfriend. This right. one, I feel like, makes the most sense to, like... Not to show the whole flashback, but, like, to bring up. Like, this is, like, the biggest piece of evidence against Joe. Because they're kind of right about this one. Yeah, like, he literally was just straight up putting his thumb on the scale. He uh, was like, this is personal to me, Mac. You got to help me get this son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I could see their point for this one. Not that Joe still deserves to be executed for it. But. <laughs> right. After a lot of that, Mythos comes in. Adam Pearson busts up in the house. I, I don't know how he got down there, how they st- failed to stop him until this point. Yeah, because, again, there's no security. Like, there's seem- right. seemingly at one point, there's like a million watchers with machine guns in, in the next episode. And in this one, there's nobody around. People just walk willy-nilly wherever they want. But he then reveals, which, are we <clears throat> assume this is true, or is this a bit of... Or is this Mythos? Rhetoric. his own diary i was i was very curious about this it could so, be both well, we, should, we should say what he says the old watcher for mythos like in 500 ad or something like that became friends with mythos right but didn't write any of it down in the chronicles because that was not allowed but kept his own journal which contains a lot of valuable information about him he then says like you know we are depriving these watchers of information we're distorting the truth by not letting them get close to the subjects i say let friendship thrive Thrive. i was like that's his mic drop moment too let friendship thrive (laughs) excuse me and they're just like yeah yeah yeah. are you done excuse me this (sighs) impassioned speech has zero effect on anything (laughs) including on me because i was like (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) what friendship thrive this is like the least compelling argument i've ever heard you should use that in court one day kyle let friendship thrive Uh, i'll see if i can work that in somewhere yeah I'll give you five bucks if you do it. But I was oh, curious. Five like, bucks? He does. I'm sure my malpractice carrier will think that was a good trade. <laughs> Make friendship five. Friendship? Friendship. Friendship. That's, That's three friends. Uh, so, yeah, Mythos asserts that he found this mislabeled as a fairy tale in an Italian library. Yeah, I, but yeah. I was curious. Like, is that true? Is this part of his own collection that he's bringing? That's that the sense I got. That's kind of They I don't figured. explain it. No. Yeah. Also, did anyone watch in the special features? There's like an extended take of this or yeah. i guess it's a second take but it's extended as well like when they're going to take mythos away it's funny because he like is eyeing the book up like yeah. oh shit like, like he doesn't want it to like be yeah he's like away. i want my book back yeah. like uh which i thought was interesting but duncan asks him to consider the good that's come of joe's interfering he points out horton would still be murdering immortals if right. it wasn't for joe and callus and callus found out about the watcher's with no one interfering. Right, that was right. just on his own. Yeah. And then Mac stopped him by coincidence, but right. they they gloss over that. Oh, we get to see that again. 
Yeah. Oh, we get the nipple shocking. We get the and nipple stuff? shocking, and then the part of the Eiffel Tower fight. Yeah. And what? that Callus is using a database that they shouldn't have been keeping. Well, that was which, by the Ma- way, Max throws that in their their face. He's like, "Oh, like Callus got a DVD of a uh, Watcher database that you guys created." It's like not you guys, the fucking guy Neither. you just dragged yeah. out of here. Yeah. Like, whoops, went to throw him under the bridge. You <laughs> trashed your life. <laughs> you trashed it. You trashed your oath. Forget about it. <laughs> Can't Get chicken your egg this thing. <laughs> so yeah, Mac argues this whole thing would have been a lot worse. Yeah, if the secret wasn't. Right. In a way, he's right. I yeah, mean, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, in finale part two, they thought the entire world was gonna like fucking fall apart, and everyone was gonna come after Immortals. So I guess that's worse than this. But Jack just does like a Wolf of Wall Street type thing. He's like, you can't chicken and egg this stuff, Bubby. (laughs) (laughs) So then Mac gives a little speech. If you value rules more than life, like you become as unprincipled as the man I fight. It's like, wait a minute. Like, Mac, you seem to go about your life following some weird codified set of rules. That is opaque to everyone but you. (laughs) (laughs) Half the episodes are about following those rules or not. And when those rules sometimes lead you astray. So, I don't know, Mac. Judge not. (laughs) Except for what I, like, kill foreign leaders of other countries. Like, for no purpose. I'm going to go ahead and say Joe left that out of the Chronicle. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, right. Uh, But he didn't. We read about it in the Watcher Chronicle. That's true. Uh, So, this all gets interrupted by a little message delivered to Jack. This is a bombshell, guys. What happens? Another Watcher has died. But and who it's is his it? son. Bum, bum, bum. David Shapiro. Yeah. And something interesting in the Watcher Chronicles for this episode. I'll bring it up now because it's, you know, just a little tidbit. In David's Chronicle, they mention like, oh, like he was just a researcher because he was like, I guess, still a student at this point. But they're like, due to the massive uh, staffing crisis we're having, due to all 80 people being murdered, we're going to put him in the field early. Uh. So... That adds like a little extra salt in the wound, I guess. Whoops. It's pretty good. So he's like, this trial is over. Right. My son's dead. <laughs> but he's like, I don't just blame. Like, he blames both of them now for this. And this is where Jack, I guess, fully goes off the rails. Yeah. So does the jury. The jury's just like, oh, yeah, fuck this guy. They're like, oh, we don't need to deliberate. He's guilty. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like oh. what? You just don't need to, like, talk about this a little. Like, not a single one of you has a difference of opinion. I guess they only wanted to pay one extra to speak. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She just says, like, we don't need to deliberate. We're good. I mean, the deliberation needs to be about whether we execute Joe. I mean, I feel like it's pretty cut and dry that Joe fucked up. Yeah, like, Joe should lose his job. Right. I'm fine with that. But to be executed. (laughs) Also, you've got a staffing crisis. That's right. right. So we cut back to the kids' playroom. We get some Dutch angles, and Mac asks for smoke. He's like, every man deserves, like, a cigarette or whatever. And then he karate chops everybody. He gets, like, three people. (laughs) And then just walks on out again. Yeah, but he's trying to get Joe. He's like, Joe, come on. It's time to go. And Joe is, like, relegated himself to, like, this is my fate. I signed up for this shit. And then Mac leaves. <laughs> Mac throws him the keys. He's yeah. like, here's the keys if you still want to go. Because they'll let him hold on to this. <laughs> <laughs> like, they won't search him or anything. I, I thought made, this was sad. This made sense to me. I thought people's motivations here made sense. Also, Mac, just trashing your oath. Oh, we'll give him a trial if you uh, receive the same pun- punishment. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Bye. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't serious about that. I mean, I knew this was going to be the outcome, and I was planning on betraying you the whole time, so goodbye. Yeah. But Guys, when you value a set of rules above lives. <laughs> yeah. You lose your humanity. <laughs> you trashed it. So we cut to the Paris city streets, and Mac and Mithos are kind of going over what's happening. And they're, they're trying to, like, remove any blame they might have. It's like, well, we tried what we could. Like, it would be silly to go back for them, right? Yeah, I guess so. 
course, this is all set up for them to go back and try to rescue him. So now it's execution time back at Watcher HQ. They're going to do it uh, not in the torture dungeon. They're going to do it outside in the in sunshine. The, in the bright light of day. <laughs> and Joe kind of twists the knife into Jack a few times, metaphorically, anyway. He's like, ah, say hi to your wife and kids for me. <laughs> yeah, it's real fucked up. Yeah. Also, Joe gets, like, very poetic. He's like, oh, like, I smell the rosemary and the uh, nasturums. Yeah, some plant I've never heard of. Well, he's like, ah, they smell great. It's like, literally the name Nasturums translates into nose twister, and they kind of have a sulfury smell, like eggs. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, they smell great. Like, what? Is that the joke? I don't know. Yeah. He's like, Jack, you should do this. Because also, I hate this guy, Charlie, so you should do it. Well, Charlie's an asshole. Like, Charlie's ready to murder everybody. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's like, the penalty's death. Like, he can't wait from the very jump. Jack can't do it. And so Jack runs away like a little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Charlie, move your ass. I got an appointment to keep. I got to trash your skull. I got to trash that skull. So he wants Joe to get on his knees. Joe refuses. This is crazy. Like, he's got to... Well, first he, like, does a weird sniffle as he cocks the gun sideways. He holds it sideways. He's so excited to be a gangster. (laughs) But what happens... Oh, and Joe crosses himself. So is Joe Joe a Catholic? I guess so. And according to special features, that was a little improv. I like oh, that. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I it like worked. that too. Then fucking Canadian Tuxedo just stands up and fucking shoots the shit out of Blows everyone. everyone away. But did yeah. anyone notice there was one body that didn't fall? No. Oh, it's... At the very end, I guess it falls. It almost looks... I was like, is that a dummy they had set up? Like, <laughs> because everybody gets fucking mowed over. And there's one person in a brown suit that's kind of like on a 35-degree <laughs> angle. And I'm like, what is going on there? And just bullets everywhere. I think they're a dummy. Weird. Yeah. I'll have to look at that again. That's nuts. So everyone gets shot, including Joe. Yeah. Yes. He gets shot in the chest. Also, this is like a total commando style thing where like this guy just kind of like moves his arm back and forth with the gun and everyone falls There's nothing remotely akin to aiming going on. No. Nope. And he kills like 15 people. If that like, was real, he maybe would from have a long distance. One person, maybe. Yeah. So did like did Jack leave like immediately and all the guards, like nobody heard this machine gun fire? Yeah. Well, it, how far away did Mac, he get? When Mac arrives, Late. he sees that guards have been killed. Right. Because right. he comes across a guy, which all I could write is, love that joke. Right. Yeah, it's I a Joker too. victim. Yeah. We all wrote that. We all wrote that. There's like a dead I just wrote, finds a, je- a dead Joker victim. Yeah. But he has, like, barbed wire wrapped around his fucking throat, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. He's been using brand X. That's right. (laughs) My balloons. (laughs) (laughs) So Max shows up late. Like, it doesn't matter if So if this never happened, Joe still would be dead. Joe still would be dead. Mac fucking blew it. Well, is Joe dead? I don't know. Ooh, cliffhanger. The cliffhanger on this is one of the most weak sauce endings. He's just like, Joe, Joe. And then it's over. (laughs) He says, Joe. 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 I have that in my notes. It says Joe, Joe, and I was like, and that's it. (laughs) It's like so anticlimactic. Like, it felt like there was another 30 seconds of footage that needed to happen. There's not even a Metal Gear style Joe, like when you die. Like like with Darius. Yeah. Darius. Darius. Dun, 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 dun. Cool. That's it. Well, there we go. That's the episode. So. How about before we talk about it, we play a little game. Better to buy. All right, let's play a little game we like to call Three in Five. I know this is Keith's favorite game. Uh, and this is a warning because these ones are a little bit tricky, but Ooh. I think we're going to have a good time. The way we play this game is that I will give a category. 
Keith and or Eamon will alternatingly have five seconds to name me three examples that fall within that category. They gain one point for each correct example they give, an extra bonus point if they get all three. So for a maximum of four possible points. We ready to play? Yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. Eamon, you will go first. This episode was called Judgment Day. Name me three songs with day in the title. Uh, it's a beautiful day. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, All right, not bad. Wow. That was, two. That was yeah. respectable, too. It's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. I thought you were going to go for Day Man for sure. Oh. <laughs> that popped up in my head. Yeah. Keith. Judgment Day. Name me three judges. Three judges? Sotomayor, Kennedy, and um, Ginsburg. Yeah. Or Judge Doom. Yeah, no, I was actually expecting you to name fake judges, but no, that works too. Oh, okay. Or Judge Reinhold. Judge Reinhold. Actually, that was the first one I thought. (laughs) Judge Reinhold, Judge Nelson, or that's Judd Nelson. Yeah, Judge Nelson. Nelson. (laughs) Mike Judge. (laughs) Mike Judge. There you go. All right. That mm. is four points. You know, Terminator 2 Judgment Day is a real classic. Eamon, can you give me three James Cameron movies? Shit. Avatar. Aliens? Titanic. Yeah. All right. Nice, juicy four. Keith, this is the hardest question I have ever asked. Damn it. There's a parody <laughs> of... <laughs> There's a Super Nintendo parody of term of T2 Judgment Day called C2 Judgment Clay yeah. in the Clay Fighters universe. I do remember this game. Name me three fighters from Clay Fighters. Oh shit! Oh shit! Uh, oh, fuck! I can't remember the Snowman. And then there's Mister Walk, the Walk Attack guy. And then there's a Pumpkin McPumpkin Man. I don't know. What the oh. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is zero. S- Snowbad? Snowbad? You were thinking of bad Mr. Frosty. Bad Mr. Frosty. <laughs> Clayman? He's the character. Uh, you and thinking- that's even a terrible, yeah. like, Ichabod parody. Clay. Ichabod Clay. He's the pumpkin, right? He's the pumpkin man. And I- who's the guy? I forget who the kind of racist Chef. Bruce Lee ripoff is. But he yells, walk attack. And, and he hits you with a walk. walk. Yeah. Wow. You know, as you do. Hoppy is the... Hoppy the bunny. Is the Terminator character right but it's he okay. has like that, a bandolier on him yeah that was the with, with carrots that was the hardest question <laughs> on this thing don't worry your other ones are easier than than Eamon's to compensate great uh but it was a valiant effort Eamon, can you name me episodes with horton unholy alliance alliance part one unholy alliance part two and the hunters Ooh, well done keith can you name me three episodes with hunters in them uh, the Hunters, The Watchers, and Unholy Alliance Part 1? Yeah! Good job. All right. You kind of helped me with that one. Jolly exactly. good. <laughs> Jolly good. <laughs> nope. Uh, Eamon, can you name me three episodes in which Joe, in which Joe plays guitar? Shit. Uh, Judgment Day. Uh, turnabout? Uh, <laughs> oh, The Cross of St. Antoine? I'll give you the cross of Saint Antoine. Does he play it in that? Yeah. Oh. Timeless. He plays it in Timeless when him and Claudia uh, have that jam session. Oh right. That Shit. awful, awful, awful jam, jam session. session. That awfully good jam session. Yeah. Wow. You get- the only jam session I'm interested in is on my PB and J. Heath. Maybe three episodes in which a watcher is killed. Um The Judgment Day. Uh oh uh uh uh, uh, uh one minute to midnight. <laughs> And oh, so the episode we haven't done yet. Well, yeah, it's true though. <laughs> All right, <laughs> all right. 
All right, I was giving you more time. <laughs> All right, that's one. That is uh, a steaming one. Wait, I don't get one minute to midnight? All right, I'll give you two. What? Come on. That's true. <laughs> it's real. It's real. It's, it's real. real. It is, in fact, real. Eamon, name me three episodes to which we flash back in this episode. Oh, shit. Uh, the, the Watchers. Uh, the Cross of St. Antoine. The Hunters? Uh, uh, finale Part 2. <laughs> I don't think that got in. No, no, I think you got him. You got him. You got him. Word up. The Hunters, the Watchers, and yeah. Cross the St. Antoine, right? The Hunters, the Watchers. Keith. Yes. Name me three episodes that feature long flashbacks of reused footage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Judgment Day. Um, oh, fuck. This is hard. Hold on. This is a hard one. Oh, my God. The Watchers, I think. Oh. Shit. Shit. I'm sorry. I don't remember. All right. I'm trying to remember in The Watchers. Do we do a lot? Is that the one with the Dar- That has the Darius mix at the end when they, sp- right. when they yeah. sprinkle his ashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will give you that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. Yeah, what are some other clip shows? What are the other clip shows? There have been a lot, and I'm having trouble remembering. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a respectable effort all <laughs> sure. around. Eamon clocking in with a respectable 16 points on that bad boy coming in against keith with only 12 12 v 16 so amen you are the winner keith you did get that clay fighters question so you know asterisk (laughs) yeah asterisk my favorite comic strip character and punctuation great (laughs) <laughs> There's a comic book character called Asterisk. Yeah, he's a a Gaul, uh, G A U L. I don't know what any of this is. Mm. Like French barbarians, basically. Mm-hmm. All right, huh? Yep. Interesting. It's good. Check it out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, before we give our final thoughts on this episode, I thought I'd read a Watcher Chronicle. I'm just going to read Jack Shapiro's. Uh, we'll talk about Jacob next episode, since this episode doesn't really feature him too much. Is his name Jacob or Jacob? Jacob. 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 All right. So, Mr. Jack Shapiro, he worked from 72 to 78 as Judge Wendell Frost. I guess that was his uh, assignment. From 78 to 80 was Dorothy DeShields. From 80 to 92, he was legal counsel in the U.S. Northwest. And 89 to 96, he was the coordinator in the U.S. Northwest. And in 92 to 96, Tribune. So, like, that was his job from for four years was... Putting watchers on trial? Do they have this a lot? And do they always end in executions? Jesus Good Christ. Good question. Do they have a, an official executioner? Is that Charlie's role? Uh, so his cover is Board of Directors International Asset Corporation. That's such a benign, evil-sounding name. <laughs> yeah, like, right. That's like a villain in RoboCop. <laughs> uh, location, undisclosed. Mentor, Ian Bancroft. Well, Education, New York University. Academy class ranking, fourth out of 97. So... Pretty good on the Watcher Academy. I also, guess. those are big classes. If every year they have almost 100 people graduating, they only lost 80, they're fine. Yeah, they're doing <laughs> swell. That's nuts. <laughs> Skills, management, and admin. <laughs> Military vet, marksmanship medal. Oh. Do we see him use that at all? Nope. Nope. Just checking. And languages, English, Latin, French, Spanish, basic German, rudimentary Russian. Mm. Oh, he, de- he uh, definitely <laughs> speaks a uh, little Italian, though. Uh, <laughs> you trust your oath. Oath. Oh, my God. <laughs> the chronicle for him this episode, we'll read his next one 
as well. Uh, but it's just like a letter he sent. It says, Charles, the stage is set. The wheels are in motion. Finally, we can start to cut out the corruption and redeem the watchers. It's not going to be easy or pleasant. <laughs> That's for sure. But it's not going to be done if the organization is to see a new millennium. There's a reason you and I are where we are at this point in history. Charles, this is our destiny to save our brothers and sisters. Stay strong. Jack. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Boo. What do we think about this episode, guys? As like an end of a season, compared to finale part one and two, this is not good, in my opinion. Right. Uh, it doesn't stack up this, against that competition. I will say this. I think this is a bad episode. Wow. And as a finale to probably the best season to date, it is inexcusably bad. Wow. I kind of like this episode. Like I, And it's even worse because there's a good core here. And I'm mm. not going to lie. I love. We're going to be talking about season one excuse me episode five season one i really like it i like that episode and i like in some ways the way that episode plays with this episode but holy shit this episode was infuriating to me like it's the final episode of the season it ends up being a clip show also a lot of kind of poor episodes the clips that they're showing a lot of them are of real clunkers like like you the, know, cross, the, the weird old man fighting cross yeah. <laughs> like why did we need to see that <laughs> or like the uh the colonel like, never needed to see or think about that man again. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it's like a, a repository of kind of, like, mediocre clips. It's all set in, like, the same, samey locations. There's this insane funhouse vibe to the whole thing. The main tension with this guy, Gelati, is never even introduced, explored. There's nothing related to that that you can sink your teeth into. I do wish they explored that more. Like, because it's like, we don't know exactly what his deal is. And I wish they teased a little bit more. Like, what is this other threat? Like, because I feel like it's not as ominous. Like, I wish it was more ominous in the episode that there's like, Joe's problem is happening. And there's this other thing coming too. And and nothing anyone does, like, makes sense. Like, from, <laughs> no, really, like, from jump in the episode, they invite Joe out. And rather than just, like, detaining him when he shows up for work, they ambush him and beat him, right? <laughs> right? Like, this thing is off to a weird foot to begin with. Like, these guys are just being assholes, even though, <laughs> like, the thing is, they're being assholes even though in some ways they are right. right. But they immediately take intentional steps to deprive people who have perfectly valid reasons for their behavior of any cloak of righteousness they might possess. They immediately deprive them of it. That's point one. Point two is it should have been more legitimately Joe's fault. Like the entire premise that all these deaths are happening, especially once they introduce the premise that it's like 80 fucking people, that there's all these people being dead. In some ways, that loses the punch in that it loses the ability to tie it to Joe, especially oh. because we know that there's this rogue out there who's deliberately killing them. And it's like, OK, no, we know. And frankly, you should know. That there's this other outside force that's killing these people. It seems almost unreasonable on its face to tie this to Joe. Mm. Whereas if they had explained more of what had happened in all these prior instances, it's like it's perfectly reasonable that Joe and Max's behavior got a watcher killed or got some of these people in trouble. Yeah. They don't uh, put enough weight on Horton at all. Like, Horton is the real cause of most of this, or at least the secret getting out. Yeah, right. and uh, and particularly <clears throat> next episode, we come to find out that this mysterious writer, this, the denim writer, the deniman, is doing, <laughs> all of, is doing all this because of Horton. Because right. he thinks, you know, essentially what Mac thought in the beginning, that the Watchers were an organization to destroy Im immortals. Like, nobody's taking ownership for anything. Mac makes a series of, like, kind of 
interesting but like slightly misplaced arguments that they just ignore. This whole tribunal system is insane. The shots are boring. The I don't know. Like this just does not do it for me, and it makes me so irritated because it should be a great episode. Huh? This should be a four and a half. Amen. Yeah, I mean, there's interesting ideas brought up, but all the reused footage, like, there's not really a cool action beat. In this episode, really, just Joe getting beat. Yeah, just no, Joe getting clubbed. <laughs> like that bear seal. getting hit. Yeah, there's there really isn't any good action beats yeah. on this. Really, I mean, Mac pulls a gun on people strangely, but you can barely see it. Yeah. <laughs> you, need like a, yeah. you need like night vision goggles to see this shit. Ooh, like the darkness. Yeah, that's right. And there are just like a lot of false starts. Like the Mytho speech doesn't do anything. The oh, Mac that's, speech doesn't that's do so anything. dumb. <laughs> yeah. Let friendship thrive, guys. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like they ran out of money. It, it's very possible. I mean, this yeah. is al- almost a bottle episode. It's not quite, but... It essentially is a bottle episode. It's a l- very limited episode. And to your guy's point, like, there's no tension with this mysterious immortal. Like, he's just an afterthought. I was curious, is at any point, are you supposed to think the motorcycle guy's Richie? No. Because, like, that's another weird... Him. Like, they keep him... Yeah, well, no, I mean, I, I know yeah. you eventually do, but, like, no, the no, first... No, you see him in the... When he's trying to sneak into the barge. That's, like, the second scene of oh, the Oh, you're thing. right. He does yeah. pull up on the motorcycle. So it's just Mac that doesn't know who he is when he's fleeing the... Right. Chateau or whatever. We, as the audience, know who it is the entire time. That's true. I mean, well, like, we don't know his identity or right. why he's important, but, like, we're not confused. Yeah. Also, it's a finale without Richie. Where's Richie? Where's Amanda? I mean, Mythos is here, but and it's puzzling. Like, I don't think they have a clear idea of how the Watcher organization works. No, that's true. I mean, like, we brought that up before, that yeah. we're never sure how any of this pieces together. And now yeah. we know they have an academy that graduates 100 people. 100 people. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that's in the Chronicles. That's not yeah, like that's yeah. in the episode. But. but it's just, like, confusing. Like, you can tell they haven't thought it out. Mm-hmm. And it just is confusing. And I'm just like, wait... They really have the authority to like execute their members. I mean, well, I, I, I believe like that. a shadow organization that follows its we violate our own rules. It just but they se- don't. It seems also, extreme to me. <laughs> and like you said, Kyle, eighty people, like no flags were thrown at ten or fifteen, right. or twenty or twenty-five or thirty. Like, and they're all like the thing that's nuts is like no one is behaving in good faith. In this entire process, like the trial scene has no tension because you know it's not like a legitimate process. Like, there's no sense in which, and they don't treat it like one. Like, they don't treat it as though the argument, like they're having an exchange of ideas, like good episodes of Star Trek where they're like trying to weigh what to do. And you believe that everyone is like saying what they're saying in good faith. Like, that is not what happens here. And no one considers any of the arguments. Right. No, there's like, no weighing of Joe it. or Mac will be like, oh, well, what about this? And they're just like, thanks for the soundbite. Moving on. Like, yeah, like there's no self-doubt. The fact that they are looping Mac in and th- are threatening to kill him because like the, it's an insane thing that makes no sense and makes obvious from Jump that like this is not actually a process. Like it's a waste of time. I personally liked the dark vibe of the episode. I thought it was kind of cool. I was, you guys didn't like it. I don't know. Well, it was just the same the whole time. It was the, it was samey. It I will give you that. And it was in such a tight, closed space. Right. In the same space over and over again. And then, like, you know, you have, like, a half-second action beat that you can't even really appreciate. Right. I'm going to hold up this black gun in this black space. Uh, also, no ramifications from that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not at all. Yeah. I do think, I mean, we've lamented the loss of Watcher mm-hmm. Ian before. To me, I mean, granted, he's gone. You can't do anything about it now. But I feel like if he was in this episode, this would be amazing. 
Yeah, well, like, you, there's no moment in which you buy into the fact that Joe and this guy Jack have a relationship. Right. They just seem like they hate each other the whole time. Mm. And then Joe sometimes mentions, like, oh, how's your kids? Yeah, you know? Jack is too, like, evil. Yeah, he is. And Charlie is also, like, another character named Charlie. Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> like, pick a different name. Well, I, I had a note, especially in the next episode, like, this is, there's Jack, there's Mac, Jack and Mac, but then there's Jack and and jacob it's like what the f- fuck like big yeah. names that sound different like, yeah. <laughs> just name somebody tim like, right <laughs> such bland names <laughs> yeah but yeah jack just is not a sympathetic character no. he just seems evil and it doesn't really seem like this is hard for him no and it, well, it's a lot of it's because he doesn't consider the options like i don't feel like this is a weighing on him like once his son dies it's very clear I don't get the, any suppression that's weighing on him before that. I guess not, no. Look, it's clear that, like, that's the impetus to him being like, this is over. It's just, like, he drops the charade at that point. Right, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, again, like, if this was, like, an Ian Bancrofty character who we've seen, I guess, only twice before, but seems to carry some weight, and we saw them, like, interact as friends, I feel like this would be more heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, like, we're seeing the, the struggle of, like, oh, it's my friend. Like, because he then actually would be... Struggling with the same quandary that Joe would be struggling with, which is like, I'm friends with Mac, but I have an oath. And Jack could struggle with that same thing. It's like, I'm friends with Joe, but I also have an oath. And like, what do I honor and this and that? And yeah, the memory of my son, blah, blah, blah. Also, like the examples they choose to use, they don't talk about, say, for instance, that episode with Michael Christian in which a watcher actually betrays them and is feeding them information. Like, that's like the evil twisted version of what Joe is doing. And like, that's not what's going on here. Like, even if they want to have an examples show, they're not doing it. The zone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was nuts. I'm I'm glad they didn't go there. (laughs) Well, also, like Joe's performance when Mac is saying goodbye to him in the room is really good. Uh, yeah, then, he's got, like, tears in his eyes. Yeah. And then before his execution, there's no, like, mojo. There's no, like, he's just kind of like, yep, well, I'm going to die. Like, whatever. Fuck you guys. But I'm like, that could have been, like, a really nice, tense scene. Yeah. Where, like, Joe gets emotional and, like, Jack shows emotion. And, like, Joe's just kind of, like, playing the confident hero who's just like, well, it looks like it's my time. Yeah. Like, it'd, be, it'd be great, too, if Mac showed up a little earlier to witness the murder. Like, Mac could show up and have that oh no joe's gonna die moment like he's too late he's seeing the execution about to happen then all of a sudden it's interrupted by the other shooting right. uh, i mean again like a way to at least get mac on camera emoting, emoting that and his friend joke. is gonna be dead he basically doesn't emote all joke joke, joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's over i don't know man i like the kids room and a little squirt gun what <laughs> just kidding it's so stupid i mean those parts were funny but like i feel like they just distract from the episode yeah i mean we should say that like this i'm glad this episode happens yes like yeah. in a in a worse show this would be a thing we would keep criticizing like oh joe keeps breaking his oath like this is yeah. insane and at least the show is like he does and there's going to be consequences for it i mean that's like a, it's, a, it's a more a, modern storytelling technique and i think it's a great hook for a finale episode mm-hmm. this is a chickens come home to roost kind of thing which is nice they just really don't stick the landing. Huh. Guys, let's rate it. Kyle, how many Watcher Death Squads would you give this episode? You know, I'm pushing it just because I like the concept so much. I'm only giving this two and a half stars. Whoa. Wow. All right. I mean, I will not repeat myself for the reasons why, but this could have been amazing. This should be a four and a half, five star episode. Wow. It isn't. Zeist. 
Zeist. Uh, Eamon, how many wicked children's rooms would you go for? <laughs> wicked children. Wicked children. My rating system's all screwed up. <laughs> uh, nothing made that more clear to me than we started reviewing our scores from earlier yep. episodes. I was just like, ooh, I'm all over the place here. <laughs> but I'm going to give this three, three evil children's rooms. Wow. They're wicked children. Wicked children, excuse me. Oh, if it's wicked children, then it's a one. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, there's some good performances from Joe, Jim Burns, from Duncan McLeod, Adrian Paul, (laughs) Peter Wingfield, Mythos. But compared to other season finales we have seen, this just falls a little flat for me Mm. for the reasons described. Keith, how many grainy Dutch angles would you give this episode? (laughs) Well, this is tricky because I gave this a rating before we spoke. Ooh. Uh Uh-oh. And you guys have definitely broken this down a little bit more. I initially gave this a four. Whoa. (laughs) I, and throughout my whole notes, I was like... Those are Avenging Angel levels. I know, right? And I was like, oh, like, there's all this, it's a clip show, blah, blah, blah. But in my head, I was like, I kind of don't mind. Like, I really dig what it's doing in the show. Maybe I shouldn't say dig it, but like, I was like, I get that this, like, of all the episodes that could be a clip show, maybe this one makes the most sense that you would do something like that. I thought the performances were cool. I love this concept. I think that's maybe what I like more yeah. than anything because it's people in a room arguing. They could argue more, I suppose, or I push, better. I push. I push on the notion that they're arguing. They're. The, I mean, just they're. They aren't actually communicating. Right. There's never a consensus, uh, an agreement by really any party that the other person has a point. Yeah. Like. It doesn't even look hard for anyone involved. Like, right. The, uh, it's intellectually dishonest. Well, the, the participants are being intellectually dishonest, yeah. I think. I mean, this is this could have been like a 12 Angry Men episode when they bring in the other watchers. Yeah. To, like, really have them deliberate, which I don't know. There's, yeah, not much deliberating. That would have been a lot better. There's literally no deliberating. <laughs> like, we yeah. don't need to deliberate. This was such a charade. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to stick with my four, though. I don't know. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. As a viewer, I mean, we should mention again for the listeners that this is in some ways, yes and no, it's the season finale. It was not intended to be the season finale when they shot it. But then when they got renewed for another season, they had a smaller budget of 18 episodes. So they took two episodes from season four, which was Double Jeopardy and... One Minute to Midnight, the finale, and they moved them to season five so they could have two 20 episodes. Uh, so I think that is such a poor choice. Moving, or excuse me, moving One Minute to Midnight was such a poor choice. Interesting. I think that One Minute to Midnight, even with, I mean, I'll say this when we get to it next week, essentially. Right. But I think that that stands on its own as a possible finale is mm-hmm. a really strong episode and would have played out the season pretty well. Mm-hmm. This... But you don't think, like, the death of Joe, like, would you think Joe could be dead? I mean, that's that's pretty captivating. That's pretty captivating, I think. Joe. Yeah. Joe. 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 Yeah. Joe. It's okay. Like. Interesting. It didn't have, like. The death of a main character. That's (laughs) all right. Well, we don't, like, it just had no punch for me. I was like, oh, is that, is it over? Oh, okay. I mean, we all know he didn't die. That's the other thing. It might be hard for us to. Yeah. Would the audience, I wonder, think? I don't know. Yeah. Whereas Kyle, sometimes you describe it as plot armor. Like, it's like, oh, main characters don't die. Like, so you kind of know. And you're I mean, like, they killed Charlie probably... and, and Tessa. It's true. Those are pretty big deaths. Yeah. True. But you, you confirmed that those people were dead when they died. That's true. <laughs> you didn't, like, leave it as a cliffhanger for right. a year. Well, it's been interesting. If you want to write us and tell us what you thought of this episode, do you agree with these low-ass ratings or my... <laughs> Unusually high rated. Where's <laughs> the truth somewhere in the middle, as it often is. Yeah. Like Malcolm. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so write us at HighlanderRewatch at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts. Send us your feelings. Head on over to iTunes. Give us a little review if you want. Or just drop the five-star button. Click it. You yeah, don't even have to like type any anything. of us, give it five stars. That's right. That's right. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering the season finale, which is episode 22, One Minute to Midnight. Slash season opener? Slash season opener. But yeah, we're, we're treating them as the, the way it was filmed, I guess, as, as God intended yeah. this, this episode to be. Uh, so, Sportsman-like. Yes. Uh, thanks again for joining us. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Hello.